They're my french fries. They're not your french fries. <laughs> goodbye to you. Goodbye. Did Thank you just tell your dog goodbye? <laughs> witches and welcome to the 47th episode of the true north witches podcast so let us get started because it is quite a bit later than what we usually post so i am using yeah. my new rider weight tarot deck even though stephanie lovingly found my last two cards of my old one um not that i'm not going to use that i'm probably just going to end up um, framing all of those cards um, together, or at least as many together as I can, and putting them up in um, my sacred space. Um, so I am going to shuffle these like I normally do, like a crazy person, because I've got teeny tiny ass fingers. Teeny tiny ass fingers. Okay. So our card for this week is the, I can't really read it, okay. It is the nine of wands in reverse. Now, as per usual, if you read this intuitively, take it for what I'm telling you it is. Um, for those of you that just read it in, uh, as a non-reversed card, I will tell you what the meaning is for that as well. So, okay, so that nine of wands, upright is resilience, courage, persistence, test of faith, and boundaries. Reversed, it is inner resources, struggle, overwhelm, defensive, paranoia. And as fuck you card, fuck you. That is all I have to say. This was how my Saturday night was fucking described as. Ugh. Fucking called me out. Blech. <laughs> Hold me right the fuck out. It sure did. So, let's see. So today, oh shit, sorry. <laughs> uh, I don't have a fact, but I do have it is a poem that claims 2020, we are now in 2021, but since 2020 feels like it was just yesterday and it feels like we're still in March 2020, um, I'm gonna go with this poem that says 2020, year of the witch. We boldly have proclaimed that time's up. I see you there, tucking a crystal in your bra before meeting with your boss. You who boldly, boldly does her rituals here, like their rituals in defiance of family disapproval, calling to our ancestors of flesh and spirit for guidance. And you who raised yourself up from the depths of brokenness through the medicine of witchcraft, we have met our goddess. We are the witches. We remember this is our time. As this is going up the 1st of April, we're now into April's theme. Um, and we are still talking a little bit about springtime, and I think we decided on plants yeah. as a general whole. So, like, it could be trees, it could be flowers, it could be shrubs, um, just as a whole. 
So I am talking about Teraxicum officinalis or the common dandelion. Um, I was going to say, because that sounds awesome. <laughs> Uh, dandelions are often considered a pesky weed in Canada and the U.S., yet European and Asian nations have greatly benefited for years from the incredible nutritional value that is this quote-unquote weed. They are rich sources of vitamins, minerals, and it even has antioxidants. Uh, so that flower you look to as a weed has a long list of powerful healing abilities along with many other health benefits. So what this plant looks like, we all, if we live in Canada and the US, we know uh, they're on every lawn <laughs> that you can think of. Um, you see, we've probably um, seen the seeded version as well. Um, they are pretty identifiable and um, they're those tall yellow flowers that you see on, on any lawn. Um, they, are, they are quite tall, uh, but the leaves are at the bottom of the plant. Um, and uh, if you see the seeded version, those are big puffs that as kids we used to blow away our wishes on so and they can actually grow as high as 25 to 30 centimeters but this depends uh and they're uh on the conditions uh so like i said it's found on most lawns duh we've all seen them um but can be found pretty much anywhere else so this one does not have a preferred habitat it is a very hardy plant uh, they, the only things that are not really eligible are like the stalks that you see them in. So everything else, the buds, the flowers, the leaves, uh, the roots uh, can all be eaten in some way, shape or form, but always be aware of any allergies you have or any specific ways um, to prepare things to make them uh, more edible because uh, there are certain uh, things that you do need to, that are actually poisonous if you don't cook them first. This is not one of those things, but please do your research. Uh, please, uh, you know, always check if you have allergies to these things, that sort of thing. So eating dandelions, as we were talking about, uh, the leaves can be uh, a gourmet green if you know when to harvest and how to prepare them. They are most delectable in the early spring before flowering as they are exposed to more sunlight and grow, uh, sorry, as they are exposed to more sunlight and growth slows, they become extremely bitter. You can harvest the tender young leaves from the inside of the plant for the best flavor and the leaves can be steamed, sauteed, or boiled, and then incorporated into dips, casseroles, and soups. And you can also use them in salads. Uh, you can boil the bitter leaves uh, in a pot of water for about five to five minutes, I'd say, uh, to help remove some of the bitter taste. Uh, you can eat the buds. Uh, like I said, a lot of this plant is edible. 
Um, so the key to eating the dandelion buds is getting them early when they are still the little tight buttons uh, close to the base of the plant. So they're still fairly green. Uh, they can be uh, pickled, added to sautés and soups, etc. Uh, roots in the fall are can be sautéed in stir fry and other dishes, or can be finely chopped and sprinkled on top of soups or rice. And I believe that the flowers can be used to make dandelion wine which is something that I really actually want to try making because um, they, it is uh, generally uh, used in Beltane celebrations. So I really, I really want to try making it. Sounds like it would be good. Mm -hmm. uh, medicine. And I would like to premise this, and you'll probably hear me repeat myself. Uh, Steph and I are not doctors. Uh, we did not go for medical degrees. Uh, Steph is an ECE, and I work in the hotel industry. Um, so please see your physician for any of this, especially if you are pregnant, because dandelion is one of those ones um, they suggest uh, if you like coffee, instead of actually drinking coffee while you're pregnant uh, to drink dandelion coffee, which is made out of the roots. Um, but every case is different. So always check with your physician, um, any specialist that you go see, your obstetrician, that sort of thing. Dandelion is one of the oldest documented medicinal herbs. It was intentionally imported to the Americas on the Mayflower ship around 1620 as a food crop and a panacea, which is a cure-all. It has been an official medicine all over the world. It was part of the United States Pharmacopoeia from 1831 to 1926 and the National Formularia uh, from 1980 or sorry 1888-1965-1988-1965-1988-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1985-1
So 10 possible benefits from the use of dandelion. Uh, it could, uh, providing antioxidants, reducing cholesterol, regulating blood sugar, reducing inflammation, lowering blood pressure, aiding weight loss, reducing cancer risk, boosting the immune system, aiding in digestion, and keeping skin healthy. Now, I would like to say that if you are using it as to eat or to use as medicine, um, maybe not just pick some random dandelion off of the side of the road um, because you don't know what kind of uh, pesticides or uh, weed killers are on those types of things. Um, you can, I, I believe you can probably find uh, safer dandelion, either growing them yourself or uh, looking for, you know, dandelion teas and things like that in herbal shops. <laughs> so don't just, don't just get it. Like you can wild forage them in like a forest. I wouldn't say no to that necessarily. Be careful, know where you're foraging, obviously, and that there are no poisonous plants around. Uh, be a little bit uh, careful with it always, but I wouldn't just eat a dandelion off of someone's lawn. Just, just- Why not forbidden flower? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, so, Folk names for dandelions are blowbell, cankerwort, lion's tooth, pissabed, priest's crown, puffball, swine snout, white endive, and wild endive. Its gender is masculine. Its planet is Jupiter. It goes with the element of air and its deity is Hecate, which I'm pretty sure is why her candles decided to um, go crazy today. Just a thought. Uh, its powers are divination, which it wishes, uh, and calling spirits. Uh, its magical uses, you can uh, find out how long you will live by blowing the seeds off the head of the dandelion. You will live as many years as there are seeds left on the head. You can use it to tell the time. I'm skeptical of this one. Uh, blow three times at the seed head. The number left is the hour. The root when dried, roasted, and ground like coffee is used to make a tea. This infusion will promote psychic powers. The same tea steaming and placed beside the bed will call spirits. To send a message to a loved one, blow at the seed head in his or her direction and visualize your message. Dandelion buried in the northwest corner of the house brings favorable winds. Magic and folklore. Many dandelion superstitions have evolved into childhood tales. Ask any child and they'll tell you that if you blow on a dandelion puff, the seeds will carry a wish for you. Hold a dandelion bloom under your chin. If your skin appears yellow, you will be rich someday. I remember doing these as a child. These are myths that I learned from my parents. Um, so these go back long ways. Uh, some people use dandelions to enhance psychic abilities. In some magical belief systems, the dandelion is associated with growth and transformation. 
there's also a connection to moving on. If you've got a bad habit you want to get rid of, associate it with a dandelion puff and then blow it out away from you. Use them to represent strength and your ability to overcome adversity. In some magical traditions, dandelions are associated with the goddess Aphrodite because of her connection to bees. In others, this plant is, is connected to the underworld by way of its association to the goddess Hecate. 10 ways you can use this in magic. You can use them in sun magic because the bright yellow color, uh, include in creativity and inspiration spells, Pass the, press them, sorry, in your book of shadows, add them to kitchen witch recipes, add them to little wildflower bouquets for woodland spirits, use them in spells for bravery and courage, include in wishing spells, make a divination tea, pile them on your Beltane altar, or make them into wine for your Beltane celebrations, drive out dark energy or spirits, ring spell candles with them. And I got all of my information from ediblewildfood.com, wildfoodsandmedicine.com, the Healing Remedies Sourcebook, which I own, medicalnewstoday.com, Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs, which I own, <laughs> and uh, learnreligions.com, as well as our lovely moodymoons.com. But that's all I had for you on Dandelion. So I am talking about Lily of the Valley. Ooh. Nice, uh, a nice um, poisonous flower for, you know, one. <laughs> Lily of the Valley is a woodland plant with sweetly scented, pendant, bell-shaped white flowers born within sprays in spring. It is native throughout the cool temperature northern temperatures of the northern hemisphere in Asia and Europe. Um, though growing up in Carney, um, like near Huntsville, um, Michael had them like all around the like the sides of the road. Um, so like in the forest areas. Due to its dense content of cardiac glucosides, it is highly poisonous if consumed by humans and domesticated animals. Though that is questionable because um, Women's MD has uh, something, like I'll, I'll mention it later. Um, but uh, cardiac glucosides are a class of organic compounds that increase the output force of the heart and increase its rate of contraction. So it can cause like a heart attack, that kind of thing. Uh, medical uses. There are continuous tests being done to test the effects of how Lily of the Valley could aid in issues with irregular heartbeat and heart failure. So, like, not a doctor, don't go just eating um, flowers off the side of the road. You know, don't be stupid. Lily of the Valley is a tiny, delicate flower that is full of magic. Rolled by the element of air, this botanical is said to foster communication, improve memory, mental stability, purity, and peace. Different names for it, May Lily, Lily Constancy, and Ladder to Heaven are some of the other names for this plant. According to the herbalist Culpepper, there is an old English legend from Sussex that, that St. Leonard fought against a great dragon in the woods near Horham, and wherever his blood fell, lilies of the valley sprang up to commemorate the desperate fight. 
The woods still bear the name of St. Leonard, and the forest floor is still covered in lilies of the valley. Blooming this time of year, it makes a traditional appearance on belting altars and as offerings. Lily of the Valley is believed to magically connect to he the, the head and the heart. It opens the pathways in our mind to allow access to higher spheres of consciousness. Spiritually, it pairs well with crystals like amethyst, quartz, and amber. You can use the flowers, leaves, or the powdered root in your spell work. According to the legendary Victorian language of flowers, if you receive of flowers, if you receive this bloom, it, it meant happiness has to return to was to return to you. Partially for this reason, people used it in workings and return a lost love or heal a divided relationship. Both the gods Apollo and Mercury rule over this plant. It can clearly help with communication and messages from this world and other realms as well. Like many botanicals, parts of lily of the valley can be toxic. Special care is to be taken with the berries of this plant. Please proceed with caution and good judgment. Lilies are fatally toxic to cats. Some types of lilies are poisonous to humans too. Most lilies are fine to be touched so long as they are not ingested. And the sap is not touched. There are a few lily plants that people should avoid contact with. The California Poison Control System identifies the following as skin-irritating lilies. Crinum lily, or crinum SPP, calla lily plants in the lilium family, lily of the valley, and the belladonna lily. Lilies are associated with the moon, water, emotion, and love. Lilies can be used for protection. They can keep away unwanted visitors, spirits, negativities, and negativity and curses. The easiest way to utilize it is to plant it in your garden. Lilies can be carried to repel tar uh, targeted love magic or used to break spells regarding love. <coughs> this flower can be used in relation to divinity, contacting spirit guides and angels and aiding in communication with deities. They're also used to bring strength, harmony, and ease. So aromatherapy, the essential oil of the lily flower can be used in aromatherapy depression by bringing lighter emotions and creating a sense of safety and security. So preparations and dosages, this is where things get tricky of whether or not it's truly poisonous to everyone. Fluid extract herb, 10 to 30 drops. Fluid extract whole plant, 10 to 30 drops. Fluid extract flowers, half to one drachm. Russian peasants have long employed the lily of the valley for certain forms of dropsy proceeding um, proceeding from a heart or faulty heart. Special, special virtues were once thought to be possessed by water distilled from the flowers, which was known as aqua aura or golden water, and was deemed worthy to be, to be preserved in vessels of gold and silver. Um, so to prepare that kind of thing, you would take the flower and steep them in wine, new wine for the space of a month, which being Finish, take them out again and distill the wine three times over in a limebeck. Also, these um, this way to make it comes from 1657, so pardon me. <laughs> I don't know anyone with a limebeck. The wine is more precious than gold. For it, for if anyone that is troubled with apoplexy, drink thereof with six grains of pepper and a little lavender water, they shall not need to fear it that month. So kind of like uh, a lot of like, um, like a wives' tales with it. That, that uh, wine-making process seems very extensive. Um, yes, because I told you it is from 1657. That would, that would be so. In 1560, someone pointed out how this water doth strengthen the memory and comforteth the heart. Com comforteth the heart. And about the same time, 
Culpepper says it was Jared who said this, um, a renowned physician of Nuremberg gave a similar prescription, which Jared quotes saying that a glass being full of the flowers of May lilies and set in an anthill with the mouth closed, stopped for a month's space and then taken out, you shall find a liquor in the glasses, which being outwardly applied helps the gout very much. So apparently um, lily of the valley of wine helps with gout. This spirit was also considered excellent as an embrocation embro for sprains as well as rheumatism. We are told by old writers that a, de um, that a decoction of the bruised root boiled in wine is good for um, pestilential fevers and that bread made of barley meal mixed with the juice is an excellent cure for dropsy. Also that an ointment of the root and lard is good for ulcers and heals burns and skulls without leaving a scar. Um, Culpepper also said uh, about Lily of the Valley, it without doubt strengthens the brain and renovates a weak memory. Mm, the distilled water dropped into the eye helps inflammations. The spirit of the flower distilled in wine restoreth lost speech, helps the palsy, and is exceedingly good in apoplexy, comforteth the heart and vital spirit. The powdered flowers have been said to excite sneezing proving serve, serviceable in the relief of a headache and earache. But to some sick people, the scent of the flowers has proven harmful. Oh. In some parts of Germany, a wine is still prepared from the flowers mixed with raisins. So medicinal actions and uses. Now, please, like I said, we're not doctors. Don't go out and eat flowers. <laughs> Lily of the Valley is valued as a cardiac tonic and duric. The action of the drug closely resembles that of um, digitalis, though it is less powerful. It is used as a substitute and strongly recommended in a vulvar heart disease, also in cases of cardiac debility and dropsy. It slows the disturbed action of a weak, irritable heart, at the same time increasing its power. It is, perfectly safe. It is a perfectly safe remedy. No harm has been known to occur from taking it full and frequent doses. It being preferable in, this, uh, in the respect of digitalis, which is apt to accumulate the blood with poisonous results. It proved most useful in cases of poisonous gassings of our men at the front. It is generally administered in the form of a tincture. The infusion of half ounce of the herb to one pint of boiling water is also taken in teaspoonful doses. Food extracts are likewise prepared from the uh, rhizome with the whole plant and flowers and the flowers have been used in powdered form. A, de a, a detoxin uh, of the flowers is said to be useful in removing uh, obstructions in the urinary canal and has been also recommended as a substitute for aloes on account of its purgative quality. So yes, lily of the valley can be poisonous, but they also have a lot of like uses for it. But Mike also brought up the fact that lily of the valley is a protected flower. So they very well could have just said, oh, it's poisonous for everyone so that people would stop picking them, right? True. But like I said, don't just go start eating flowers that, like, don't start, go start eating lilies of the valley. Like, Don't eat random food. flowers off of anything. Any yeah. random flowers. Um, yeah. Uh, be, buy a, because I know um, Ontario, where we live, has a specific, like, wild plants book mm -hmm. so buy one for your area i'm not saying don't wildcraft i'm just saying be smart about it 
when you do it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I got my information from World Religions. I also got it from Wikipedia, though that's not really a great source. And I also got my my information from WebMD. Which is still not a great source. No, but like... Better than Wikipedia. Yeah. Because what was paganism again on Wikipedia? Something about shapeshifters. <laughs> oh, yeah, something about shapeshifters. And that's all I have for Lily of the Valley. Very pretty flower, by the way. It is. So that's all we have for you today. And Wait, because... one moment, one moment. Ooh. We have something to say. Oh. We have something to say. Do we? We do. Get your creepy stories in and get your questions in for the guys. <laughs> literally what i was just about to say <laughs> luna, luna agrees luna agrees just yeah get them in i was also, gonna say since i missed getting it out at the beginning of this yeah episode. i've been thinking about it the whole i've been literally thinking about it the whole Me time bitch didn't mention <laughs> so i'll just have to copy right. and paste I just have the, have the same bit at the beginning and at the end. I just got <laughs> Yes, guys, please. We are getting down to crunch time, uh, especially for those creepy stories, but also uh, two weeks. It's just two weeks leeway before we need those questions. And I still don't have any. Yeah. Well, I, I have a couple, um, but uh, I would like more. Please send me more so that I don't have to come up with questions myself. Please do. I may seem like I know things, but I'm actually an idiot. So. <laughs> You're not an idiot. I hate that word. Um, so you can email those questions or creepy stories. Please do so. Again, I'm just going to sound like a broken record. We are on episode 47. And there are three weeks left to our creepy cast and five weeks left to the questions and answers. We want to hear what you have to say. I'm not begging. I'm just, we would like to hear what you have to say. I don't think that listening to us all the time um, talk about topics that we decide uh, is always fun. So um, please get your creepy, weird, odd stories in. Um, and your questions for our non-witchy other halves. You can do that at truenorthwitches at gmail.com. Email us about literally anything. We will answer you, I promise. You can also find us on TikTok, witches. You can also find us on Facebook, where you can direct message us anything at all uh, at truenorthwitches. You can find us on Twitter, where we never tweet, at truenorthwitches. You can find us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash TNW podcast, or just do a little searchy in the search bar of True North Witches podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at True North Witches. You can find us on our website, www.truenorthwitches.com. You can also find us on the YouTubes at True North Witches. And um, I would keep tuned stay tuned stay tuned not keep tuned uh stay tuned because steph and i (laughs) steph and i have our little 
little brainchild that's uh, coming up soon on our one year. So stay tuned. You may or may not get some sneaky peeks on one or several of those social media. Ooh. Um, so that is all we presently have for you today. But that's all we had for you this week, which is we will see you in the next episode which is 48 so we are creeping up closer so hurry up guys um but you have a wonderful week witches um any anyway you have a wonderful week witches um if you're having a hard time out there uh let us be your ear please email us um i know it is not normal and you hear about the new normal but it's it's not everybody's cup of tea or even strong mm-hmm. shot of whiskey so um if you need to vent and you know your family won't listen or you just you need to have some witchy advice and you've got nowhere to turn um give us a shout we promise to be anonymous even even with your creepy stories so um let us know anyway you have yeah. a wonderful week, witches. I think I've like repeated myself at least four times. <laughs> have a wonderful week, witches, and we'll see you in the next episode. Ciao. Bye.